0: So we're starting a, a new series right now called Never Again. And uh, you, you might want to call it, it could be lessons from the last couple of years. And so uh, I don't know about you, but there's a couple of things that I went through over the last couple of years and uh, that have changed me. And I'm a different person. We're a different church. And uh, some of those things I probably wouldn't choose again. I didn't love, but so many of those things have transformed us in a way where like, I don't ever want to go back. I'm I'm thankful for some of the changes that God has made in the church and some of the changes that he has made in me. And as we look at, you know, kind of what's happening in our world right now, uh, I don't know like what wave we're on, I don't know like what's going to happen, but I could just kind of feel some of the old stuff coming back, just some of the old things trying to creep back into our lives. And Jesus said that we, his uh, children, we're kind of like sheep. And um, it's unfortunate because we just find ourselves in trouble again and again, needing help from the shepherd. And I found this little video, maybe you've seen it before, but I think this is a really good picture of what you and I do when it comes to our freedom and getting stuck. Let's go ahead and bring that uh, video up. So I think this is a little shepherd in Romania, and this that's us. We just get stuck in these holes, we're in big trouble, and the shepherd, Jesus comes and says, us free. We're like, woohoo, we're free, yay, never again, well, bonk. there we are again I mean it's just like that's exactly what we do we get free and then like we run right back to the same thing that had us before and I feel it right now you know we had a we had a big time out and we learned you learned how to be bored for a little while right we learned how to slow down but don't you feel it right now in fall can't you feel the busyness coming back Can't you just feel it like encroaching and pushing? And you're like, wow, my schedule, it's not just full, but it's too full and and there's too much going on. And I just, I don't ever want to do that again. I just don't want to get stuck in the tyranny of this world and its system and pushing and pushing and pushing and just being over busy again. You know, our lives, I think our lives are a lot like a garage. And I have, never, I have never heard a man say, my garage is too big. Never, I've never heard that, right? We, uh, we rented a house a number of years ago. We moved from a two-car garage. And this house that we rented, it had three, it was a three-car garage, and it had another garage on the side. And when we first moved in, I was like, wow, there's so much space. And I could just put my, my stuff everywhere. But we lived there. We rented it for five years. And you know what I thought in year five? My garage is too small. There's not enough room for all my stuff. And then we moved back to a two-car garage, and we had to figure out how to cram all that stuff in. And there's just this law of the universe, and that is, if you have space in your garage, you will fill it. Somehow, some there just there will be junk there. And it's the same way with your life, that if you have time, you will fill it. If you have any space in your life with, with good or bad, with wasteful or productive things, you will fill it. And this is the part of the sermon where I would normally say, so don't get busy. But see, I understand our nature. And more than nature, your schedule abhors a vacuum. And if it sees space, it's, we just kind of got to stick something in there. And we're like those sheep and we just get stuck again. And we go back into the same busyness and the same push and the same drive. But I've said it before and I wanna tell you again, listen, busyness is not a virtue. We wear it like a badge, right? I mean, isn't that how the taco was busy? Oh yeah, busy, busy, I'm busy, 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 busy. I'm busy. I want you to understand that when you're saying, I'm busy, what you are saying is, I'm in bondage. Bondage, bondage, bondage. Everybody's bondage. Woo! It's not to be celebrated. You know, and when we act like this is a goal, right? It's not. No, I mean, think about the stress and the family pressures and just the missed opportunities that come because you're so busy. But here's the good thing: Jesus, He didn't leave us defenseless. He gave us a way through this, and it's not just don't get busy he actually gives us some real practical sound direction how we can go forward. So if you have your Bible, open it up to Matthew 6. Look at verse 31. And Jesus tells us, so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. He knows that you need them. But here's the answer. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. He knows what you need. And so I have three strategies here that are gonna help you so you don't go back to a life of worldly busyness. And the first one is simply what Jesus says. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And it's simply this. Make God's kingdom the priority in everything. Everything Now what's God's kingdom? It is simply, it's not heaven. If the kingdom is for today, it is His rule and reign in our lives. Let your kingdom come, let your will be done. It's His rule and reign, His will. So seek first the kingdom of God in everything you do, because your schedule is going to get filled, but you get to decide, OK, what am I going to put in there? And it's much like your garage. If you decide, you have to decide, is this garage for cars? And if you're going to put a big car in your garage, you have to put that thing in first. Because it takes a lot of space. And you, you see, you have to decide up front, is this a two-car garage or is it a two-junk pile garage? And it could be either of those things. But if you don't decide to put the big thing in there first, it will never fit, right? I mean, most, most of us have like a one-car garage and then a one-junk pile Garage. I don't know what yours looks like. See, but we put the big things in first, and that is the rule, the reign, the will of Jesus in all we do. And the simple little shift, it makes it makes a massive difference to make everything about the kingdom. I'm not saying, hey, now go do some more church stuff. I'm saying make church stuff, make the stuff of God part of everything you do. Because guys, what are we doing here? What is this about? You know, are we living for this world or are we living for eternity? And if we really believe the word of God, which we do, I mean, I've banked my life on this. I've banked my eternity on this. What are we doing with our time? What are we doing with our values? Our our existence is to know God and to make him known, to be kingdom people. So in everything, make the rule, the reign, the will of Jesus the priority. So in your marriage, in your family, the goal is God's rule and reign, Jesus' way, Jesus' will, his glory, his life, his work, everything I'm doing with Jean and my wife, it is about the kingdom and the rule of Jesus and the reign of Jesus and his way there. And then those of you who are in school, School is about, yeah, your education, but actually bigger than that, about God's rule and reign in your life and the work that he has you to do there. And I think if you have to choose between glorifying him and caring for people and seeing him move forward and loving well, and then A, I think Jesus would be okay with a B. Now you talk to your parents about that, make sure. All right? But what are we doing? And in your job, Is your job about God's rule and reign and work on earth? Is it about his way, about his concerns, about his goals? Because you know what busyness is? It's just chasing worthless pursuits, driving you and driving you to the things of this world. And if there's any place that you're busy in your life, I want to challenge you to ask this question, okay? Where you feel busy, ask this question, what am I trying to accomplish, really? You know, I mean, because we can say, oh, well, this is all about my growth. It's all about the kingdom of God. Listen, I can stand up here and say, I'm doing this for Jesus when I'm not, okay? What are we trying to accomplish, really? What are we really going after? So if we go back to your business, If this is a worldly pursuit, what do you do? Well, you better grow and you better crush the competition and you better win and you better get and you better more, more, more. And that is the mantra of the world more, 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 more. And if your business is about the kingdom, then what are you doing? You're honoring, you're blessing, you're caring, you're worshiping, you're walking with integrity. You're being faithful. You're keeping your word. Christians, this is one way we could do it differently than the world, is that we guard our word before we give it. See, the world loves to give the word and then fail. Instead, let's not give our word and come through, right? I need to learn. One of the things I need to learn in life is I need to learn to disappoint people sooner instead of later. It's so much better to do it earlier, right? But instead, oh no, 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 yeah, 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 we will, we will, we will, more, 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 more. You're like, oh no, no, I can't. Do <clears throat> you see how the world drives and whips and pushes forward with more? And you see how the kingdom says, oh, slow down. Think about this. What are we doing? Let's go for real value and real worth and things that really matter. And the beautiful thing is that Jesus says, if you do that, if you put my kingdom and my righteousness first, I'll take care of all that other stuff. All that other stuff will be added to you. Or how about this, how about our kids? You know, how many of us here have the best athlete in Montrose? I bet about 10 of us do, right? Okay, and what do we do? We, we push them for, for they, they got to pursue. I mean, if it's a worldly pursuit, we got to drive them to be the best, to get on the best traveling team, to, you know, more and more succeed, win, dominate, be well-rounded. You know, let's make sure they experience it all. Why? Because we want them to have confidence. We want them to have self-esteem. We want them to have accomplishment. But listen, I want to just challenge you that if you're driving your kid like this, you're actually setting them up for an existential crisis. <laughs> you know, I was really into football in high school. I mean, really, I I don't know why. I wasn't even that good. But I was like, it was my life. And then I quit halfway through my first season in college. And I used to have nightmares. I mean, for years. And and I would come to my first game and I couldn't find my cleats. Or like I I would be, it would be the very first game of the season and I hadn't been to a practice. And I'm like, what offense are we running here? And I, I didn't know what to do. And you know what it was? Is that when that football ended for me, I didn't know who I was. I mean, that was my identity. And so, now listen, your kid could be the best athlete in Montrose. That's fine. But if it's a kingdom pursuit, you teach them to go about it a different way. And you ask them, what is the purpose of your position? And it's not the position, and it's not your success, and it's not your dominance to be the best. The point of any position or success is how you use it for the kingdom. Teach your kid that. How do you use this thing that God has given you to lift other people up around you? How are you using this talent that God has given you to worship him, to bring God's rule and reign on that team or that event or that club? And the beautiful beautiful thing about that is that when they hang up their cleats, when it's over, and listen, it's going to be over. I'm sorry, but your kid's not going to go pro. It's just not. not okay? And when it's over, when it's time to put the cleats down, guess what? They're still intact. That person's value remains. Their purpose remains. They know who they are. And along the way, if they want to quit, you can let it go because you know what it's really about because the kingdom is eternal. And the only thing worth anything is the kingdom. So it should be the focus in everything. And I would bet the things that are making you busy right now I would just venture to guess that they are not really about the kingdom. I mean, I come up here and and I can make this uh, right now, this Jesus stuff about pleasing people and about my influence. I, I can make it about my success, my validation. Am I a good leader? Am I a bad leader? And see these worldly values, they're a vicious taskmaster. Push, 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 more, 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 get, get, get. And Jesus says, that's not how I do it. He says, my yoke is easy. He says, my burden is light. Is that what you've experienced as a follower of Jesus? My yoke is easy. My burden is light. And if you have, if you're like, I, I mean, I got to tell you are many years I'd say, I don't, I don't know. I don't really see that. seems like your yoke is heavy. Your burden is hard because I was adding things to his yoke that weren't his yoke. You know what the yoke is, right? It's just like a big piece of wood, and two pieces, two oxen go, and it hooks the two oxen together, it goes around their necks, why? So they can walk together. And Jesus says, "Take my yoke." Do you get it? What it means is He wants to pull with you. Isn't that amazing? He just wants to walk. You just walk step by step with me, side by side. You don't run in front of me. You don't come behind me. And we're gonna do this thing together and I'm gonna pull. I mean, come on guys, we have Jesus pulling with us if we seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. We have Jesus taking care of us and all these other things will be added to us. They'll be taken care of. But we just walk in step with Jesus and how wonderful that he pulls the load. That's why it's easy. That's why it's like no more, no less than what I'm asking you to do. And you have what you need for what I'm asking you to do. All right, let me take you to the second strategy, and it's in verse 34. So Jesus tells us, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself, and each day has enough trouble of its own. So here's the second thing to help you with your busyness stop being driven by your worries. Worry is a horrible taskmaster. I mean, the the question what if it is stealing your peace? What if it is stealing your joy? And it is driving you into busyness. What if I lose that client? What if my health fails? What if things fall apart? What if things change? And you know what if? I'll tell you what if. Jesus will be there. That's what if. No matter what if happens, Jesus will be right there with you and he will see you through it. And you're going to be better than okay. You're going to be great. And if you focus on the kingdom, it will take care of itself. He's going to, why? Listen, that's a promise that he gives us. And I'm taking him at his word. Okay, Jesus, you said, you said that if I focus on the kingdom and if I focus on righteousness, you're going to take care of all those other things. Well, let's see how it happens. I'm going to trust you in this one, Jesus. And so many, so much of our busyness is just driven by our feeling of inadequacy and our fear and our worry and our lack of trust in the goodness of the yoke of Jesus. I don't know if I could say it enough, but moms, I just, my heart for you, stop, stop worrying that you are failing your kids. You are not. You're not. You're, you're a good mom. And your worry, and, and your driving, it's just making you unhappy and stressing them out. And dads, now if I could just get a hold of you, listen, stop being driven by your fear of failure that you're not gonna be able to provide. Understand this, you are not the provider. God is the provider. And you know what? Your kids need you more than they need your success. And teens, stop being driven by your worry for your future. What if you don't get into the best college? I'll tell you what, you'll enjoy school a lot more. (laughs) Best colleges are not fun, they're hard. It's okay. You're going to get a good job. No one's going to really care where you graduate from anyway. And you're going to be happy. And we're making ourselves crazy chasing after a tomorrow that's never going to come. And Jesus says, stop it. Stop worrying. It's making you crazy. It's making you busy. It's making you so unhappy. All right, here's a third strategy. The third thing to do is build room for kingdom living. Make some margin in your life. Do you have space in your life to live for the kingdom? Do you have space in your garage? God wants to put something in there. So Jesus, he's he's talking and he's calling people to him. And and look at what they do. In Luke 9, verse 59, he says to another man, he says, follow me. But the man replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and what do you do? You proclaim the kingdom of God. That's what it's about. Well, another said, I'll follow you, Lord. But first, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. And Jesus said, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. You know what these guys are saying? Okay, yeah, we'll follow, but we're kind of busy right now. I got a lot to do. So let me just kind of clean up all these things. And then then I'll obey Jesus. After I kind of take care of my stuff, then I'll do what you're asking me to do. And how many of us right now, if Jesus were to come and say, come do this, come follow me, we would say, okay, I will, but I'm kind of busy. I got a lot going on. Can I follow you next month, Jesus? And see, when our lives are driven by the values of this world, when it's packed with the concerns of this world, how do we expect to be available to be used by God when he calls us? And guess what he is calling? And it's time, Grace Community Church, it is time for us to live a new way. And that is that we need to give the spirit of God first rights and first fruits and the best of every day instead of the little leftovers that we want him to settle with at the end of the day. Okay, Holy Spirit, I'll do that after, after. No, no, no. You do it first. The Holy Spirit's in charge. He gets our best. The world gets our leftovers. So let me give you two challenges right now. And the first is make some margin for obedience. Make some margin so you could respond to the Holy Spirit when He calls you. So here's one thing you can do, one very simple thing, just one thing, and that is cut one thing from your life that doesn't have extensive or a lot of kingdom value. Just cut one thing. Here, here's an example that took place for me. So um, when, uh, when my family goes to bed, they go to sleep uh, earlier than I do usually. Um, I, I like to go brain dead and just watch TV, right? You know, kind of drool and watch television. All right? And I, I realized, I was like, well, first of all, this doesn't make me feel any better. Second of all, I mean, these are. would you watch the show with Jesus? I mean, half the shows, you'd have to be like this with Jesus, right? Okay. So I'm like, what am I doing? And, and like, this is a waste of time. So I decided I'm not going to do that anymore. And for about two, three months, I decided I'm going to write instead. So I didn't watch any TV. Well, not much TV. And I, just, I wrote a book, Your First Three Days with Jesus. Now, I think that's a better use of that time. That's just taking something worthless and making something pretty good out of it. And so I want to ask you, what's one thing that you need to cut? And maybe, maybe it's, you need to fire one of your clients. Maybe it's just one less job. Maybe it's one less client. Maybe it's one less activity. You know, the enemy of the best, it's usually not the worst. It's usually the less best. And so I'm going to pray for you right now. I'm going to ask God to show you one place where you can make some margin in your life, okay? Okay. So, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak to every single one of us right now. And God, I know that there's activities that we're doing that are just, they look good, but they're not your best. And Lord, we want space and we want margin so that we can obey you and that we can say yes. And Lord, I know that you have good things for us and you have powerful things for us and you have greater things for us, Lord, but we're too busy for them right now. So I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to every single person here right now and that you would show us, show us one thing, just one thing, God, that you want us to cut out of our schedule and to cut out of our lives. Now, Lord, please give us a strategy to do that in Jesus' name. Now, I don't know what... uh, what came into your, to your mind there. And it may be a process. You may have to start saying no, and you may have to make some shifts and change, but listen, if God told you to do it, you better do it. If he's telling you to let that thing down, you better just lay it down for a little while. Okay. So now here's the second challenge I have for you. And that is whatever space you have in your garage, whatever your life looks like, I want to challenge you to put two things in first in every single follower of Jesus. If you want to be a kingdom person, if you want to seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, we all have to be doing two things. We have to have a place where we give, and we have to have a place where we grow. Some sort of kingdom service. And so <clears throat> tonight at six o'clock, if you don't know where to give, if you don't know where to, to serve, uh, we have the growth track. And you come and we'll feed you dinner, and if you we our promises if you come and join us for three weeks, three Sundays, for this growth track, we will get you started we will help you find a place to go and serve and connect. And I know what you're thinking. You're like saying, Carl, I thought you were telling us to do less things. Now you're giving me two more things. And I'm like, no, I'm actually giving you the right things. I'm giving you the things that are important. And I'm telling you, there's just too many of us that we've decided these are kind of the leftover things. These are supposed to be the first things, a place to give and a place to grow. And so the second is a place to grow. And listen, you're gonna hear us talk a lot about small groups here. And when I think about never again, you know, when we, when we kind of dissipated for church for a while there, I, I, was, I was just distraught. I was like our small groups just were not ready. And we didn't have the connection here. And, and if we ever are unable to meet here again, the church has to go forward. And, and we need to move forward in small groups. You're going to hear us talk about that quite a bit. And so uh, we have a small group training. It's coming August 25th at 6.30. You could talk to Gina about that. And if you want to lead a small group, we need more small groups because everybody needs a place to give and everybody needs a place to grow. And I'm asking you to put these things in first because it's a beautiful, powerful, wonderful life when we're kingdom people. I actually have a literal picture of that right now that I could give you. And it's from last week where many of you didn't come to church, but we went out and we did hundreds of projects all over the city. We did serve the city and we closed church down and we just served. And then we did uh, music by the river. Now, when I went around and I just saw people in those service projects, I did not see a people who were stressed and harried and overburdened. I saw people who were full of joy, full of purpose, who were excited, who were glad to be there. Kingdom work is a beautiful work. This is an easy yoke. It's a wonderful burden. And you know, we did that uh, worship there uh, right by the skate park and I love that. that we had. There were probably about 500 people up there lifting up the name of Jesus because I know what happens at the skate park. And right next door we were lifting up the name of Jesus Christ. And then uh, we gave an altar call and we saw at least 50 people give their lives to Jesus. There was a uh, fire crew that was down from Alaska. And one of our members brought them. There were 20 of these firefighters and at least five of those guys gave their lives to Jesus there at that time yeah we could clap about that praise the lord to be part of the kingdom guys this is what it's about kingdom living is powerful living it's purposeful living it's worthwhile living it's joyful living listen i want to be a kingdom man i just want to be for the kingdom i'm not going back never again i'm just not going to go after the things of this world Standing on Jesus' promise, he's going to take care of that stuff. I'm going to live on purpose for Christ. Trusting that when I live for Christ, then okay, he's going to just bring the clothing and the food and all the other stuff that I need. And I'm going to live on purpose. You know, Jesus says, store up your treasures in heaven. And I don't know if you're allowed to ask for a specific treasure, but I did. I said, Jesus, this is the treasure that I would like to see when I get to heaven. What I think would just be just a beautiful treasure is that, God, if I could see a treasure that every person at Grace Community Church maximized their lives for the kingdom of God and found their greatest treasure, that would be be just so satisfying to me, Lord. If every person here would take the five bags of gold that God has given them and doesn't bury them and hide them, but decides, okay, Lord, I'm gonna work with these things. I'm gonna make the most of these things. And they come back to you and they say, okay, here's 10, here's 20, here's 100. If every single one of us did that, then I'd be like, oh God, oh, my life was worthwhile. That would be the sweetest treasure I could have asked for. If we would stop just being a busy, worldly people, and we would become kingdom people, throwing out those things, these yokes that we think we need to chase after that are crushing us. and Find the life that he has for our families life that he has for our communities, our school, our work, for this world, to put him first and to make room for his spirit to move, to be a spirit led people that will follow him wherever he goes, transforming this world that desperately needs him so you can taste and see the treasure that he has for you. That's the treasure that I ask for. That's the treasure I encourage you to walk into. Father, thank you so much that your yoke is easy, your burden is light. Jesus, you are are a, a beautiful leader, not a cruel taskmaster. And God, that you come to set us free and to be free indeed. And Lord, we are like those little sheep and you pull us out of the pit and then we just run right back into the pit. But Lord, I thank you that you always pull us out again. And so Lord, we want to be free and we want to walk in that truth and we want to be kingdom men and we want to be kingdom women. Lord, we want to be led by the Holy Spirit so that our lives can have impact for eternity and we can make a life that really matters for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for being with us. I hope that God spoke to you. We would love to follow up and care for you any way that we can. So come visit us at GraceMontrose.org. Say hello. Let us know what we can do to help you grow in Him. God bless you.